It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff run to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Bearcats! 20, 25, in the middle of the field at the 35, and he is gone! Trey Tucker will take it 98 yards to the house! It is a nip at night knockout as the Bearcats send a message to the college football world. Did you see that? Howdy, folks. Welcome back to Viva La Cats, the Cincinnati podcast repping the 1012 Network. I am your host, Justin Howes, accompanied by my great friend, Steve Maurer. We are here to bring you Bearcats coverage every single week and review some games live on Twitter X spaces, the whole deal throughout the season. So be on the lookout for those. Those are a lot of fun. Um, with that said, we are very close to the start of the season. We are T minus uh, two weeks away. We're actually closer to one week away. So it'll be very exciting. Um, get the Bearcats back out in action and uh, we'll see what happened in the off season. <laughs> we'll find out the hard way or hopefully the easy way. It's been a whole nine months, Justin, like almost like uh, it's, it's been way too long. College football has way too long of an off season. I'm just glad it's back. We got some week zero games this week, which you know I will be watching. So I'm just excited for that. Weird little time in Bearcat land where it's like, you know, school started, so they're back from higher ground, but there's not a game for another week. So they're kind of still just, you know, just doing practice and stuff. But we're going to talk about a couple things, and then we got a great interview on the back half for you. Absolutely. And uh, to be on the lookout for that interview is with our friends over at Tortillas and Takes, another 1012 Network podcast representing Texas Tech. Remember, kids, it's all West Texas. Uh, but yeah, uh, camp, you know, has just about rounded out. And we've got some interesting perspectives coming out of camp. Um, one of the big ones, Drogish, who I think a lot of us seem to be pretty high on has actually ended up as the third string. So, Steve, how does that make you feel? 
So that information was from the Go Beer Cats podcast. Go check that out. Uh, he uh, Brandon interviewed Scott Springer, beat reporter for the Cincinnati Inquirer, uh, covering the Cincinnati Bearcats athletic department. I did kind of find that interesting. Uh, it seemed like obviously the social team does not have any control over what you know the the coaching staff does, but it did seem a little bit weird that they were pushing out a lot of Drogas. Drogosh clips earlier this year. We're going to have to figure out how to say his name. We got to have him say it. Uh, I keep messing it up. Yeah. But it was weird, though, to me, Justin. And tell me if I'm wrong, though, that they kept pushing clips with him throwing it to no. number one guys, like yeah. with, with starters. And then he starts out third string. And maybe Brady Lickenberg is just older and more experienced mm-hmm. in college football. And maybe they just don't want to throw Brady Drogosh into the fire just yet. But Justin, like, like I said, like with the clips that were coming out of him and seemingly him doing well in the scrimmage. It was a little bit surprising to see him listed by Scott Springer as third string. Yeah. And I think part of the thing that's most surprising is not even as much as the fact that he's brand new to the team that Brady's been with the team for what, like four seasons now Uh, he's been around the block a long time and he understands the Bearcats, but ultimately he's had very little playing time. And I mean, I that's to no credit or discredit to Brady Lichtenberg. However, um, but I do find it a little odd because I feel like Drogish is Satterfield's archetype. And that's the part where I think it's just a little interesting that you might not throw somebody in that slot a bit earlier um, and, you know, maybe push that, you know, sort of uh, put, push that agenda, I guess, if you will, of trying to get well, your guys in early and, you know, make them into your mold a little bit earlier on. Well, you got to remember that this is not really Scott's guy. He kind of just well, true. committed, you know, because it was a fickle guy. Scott's guy is really Samaj Jones, who obviously true. committed for the 2024 class. But so I would not say that that is his guy per se, but it is just interesting, though. And again, can't take much from social clips. True. I don't really think you can take much from practice, but uh, or from what we learn. I don't really think like there's much getting out of UC, you know, just because right. they don't let the media see everything other than <laughs> the full practice, the full scrimmage. But it was just a little bit weird um, just to see. Yeah. But other than that, Emory Jones as the starter, kind of what we expected. Justin, how do you feel about him going in? I mean, I, I think there's nothing there. There's nothing that's like concerning out the gate. I, I think really the biggest question mark more than anything would just be, is he going to be up to speed? Can he be what he was always touted as? I mean, there's a lot of people who will downplay Emory Jones and for not as much to his own fault, given some of the injuries and situations at different places he's been, but he just hasn't really had a full season to prove exactly who he is at the highest level at that big stage. Um, And I think that like with the experience that he now has under his belt, I'm just very curious to see how that all pans out. And I think personally, it's going to go well for him. I think it is going to be difficult in the big 12, but I think some of those struggles that you might see might be on some of the other parts of the ball. And I personally hope, but I also personally believe that Emory Jones by the end of the season will be a bright spot on that offensive side of the ball for the Bearcats. Oh, you're muted. (laughs) I do this all the time at work, Justin, and then <laughs> I, I, I did it again. Uh, dogs grumbling in the background. But I agree. Good points. 
Yeah. And, and ultimately I think the situation here just offensively, it's, it's all question marks defense. Again, we've said this so many times, we, we know pretty much what we're going to be getting out of that. Uh, there's going to be some switch ups with the changes with Brian Brown, some of the defensive scheme changes, but when it comes offensively to that side of the ball, you've got a completely different mind in there with Scott Satterfield. You have a completely different set of players, anything goes. And, and I think that there's, you know, at this point in the season, when it's, uh, you know, nine days counting down till for those of you who are listening on uh, recording release day, there's nothing but positivity to have out the gate. And I mean, I think if we can manage to take care of EKU and, you know, go into pit with a bit of, you know, good momentum and understanding of how this team has shaken out, I think we'll feel pretty good. Uh, but again, it's just going to it's going to take getting those cleats out on the field for the first time under the lights of Nippert. Well, I guess it might be an afternoon game. I don't know if EKU is going to be a Nippet night game, uh, but regardless, 330 kick for that. One. Yeah, maybe maybe we can catch a nice sunset, uh, but hopefully it's not like one hundred and five degrees, which is the heat index for the FC Cincinnati game that is happening in Cincinnati, which is very disappointing. And the whole thing is rigged and. I don't know. You you can't convince me that Messi was not sent by some high up executive that you've never heard of to Inter Miami by the MLS to foil FC Cincinnati's first season of just getting the shit done. They're really throwing a well, wrench in the plan, man. Justin, I'm an Arizona guy now. 105 doesn't really seem like that much to me. Yeah, that's fair. But it, remember, <laughs> remember, your 105 in a Cincinnati 105 or here in Nashville 105 are very different because yeah, holy yeah, hell, man, humidity, all that stuff. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> remember, it ain't the heat that gets you. It's the humidity. Regardless, that's the situation. Uh, FC Cincinnati is. Are they cooked yet? Um, or... They're not done, but the timer is running. So, yeah, uh, they got to get to a nice crispy 120, uh, and then they'll be done. Yeah, so hopefully like they that can. Joke? Yeah, no. <laughs> one thirty-five is serving folks. temperature. One thirty-five is serving temperature, Steve. Uh, no, uh, one hundred twenty minutes, Justin. Come well, on. I know, but one hundred thirty-five. Yeah. Is... That, folks, make sure your chicken's at one sixty-five before you serve it to your children. PSA. <laughs> unless you want to give them salmonella regardless of all of that we have a question that was prompted today and we have some interactions from you guys and so again we are about a week away from kicking off the season and steve very kindly threw up a open-ended question which puts us at less than two weeks out from the football season so what would be your biggest concern for the bearcats and there is a good handful of responses. So um, which one do you think we want to start off with here, Steve? Um, well, the easy one is uh, not knowing what their away unis look like from Sats <laughs> Warrior BYU. Um, they'll look like the media day ones. So easy question. <laughs> there. Right, start with that. Um, one right under it, though. Um, <laughs> I do like this one also from our guy, Thick Fan X. So I'm not saying it out loud in an attempt to avoid manifesting it. Yes. Karma is real, especially during college football season. But um, our guy, Andrew Ganser at Gantz EAC, how will the secondary hold up against Big 12 offenses? I do think this is potentially a sticking point for us, Justin. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you return Taj Ward. You return uh, a couple guys from the secondary last year, but you know 
you lost a couple, a lot of guys after 21, had some transfers out in the secondary after 22. How do you feel about the depth, the secondary depth chart going, Justin? The defensive side of the ball, that is absolutely my biggest concern. Um, and, and that's, that's, I think, a very good question mark because we, again, it's, it's something where this is another aspect of the team that we're going to have to figure out how up to speed they are. So then when you figure out how up to speed they are, and then you measure that against a whole new conference of teams that you have never played, it's going to be tough. What I will say is I think you're going to get that answer against Pitt in Miami before we get into the big 12. Um, I think that question is a bit hard to answer right now. Um, but I would say that I wouldn't, I wouldn't lack confidence in them. I think with the whole way that our defense has been set up for this year, it, it looks like it should be pretty smooth sailing. So I, I would say for the secondary, there aren't any like major, major like problem areas, but it's definitely just a lot of question marks. And, and I think against the big 12, they might get exposed a little bit, but I don't see them being a consistent problem week in week out. Yeah. So just to give you some more names, obviously, uh, Taquan Shepard, who transferred out last year. Um, but he, so he's gone, but we have Taj Ward, Sammy Anderson Jr., Byron Threats returning. Uh, and then we got some guys, obviously, in the transfer portal that we talked about before. But uh, Jordan Young, who is coming from Florida, DJ Taylor from Arizona State. Uh, Deshaun Pace as well, but he's going to play more of that star position. Right. He's not really going to be as much in the defensive secondary right now. I do think it can be an issue, especially because we're just not completely deep right now, Justin. We just have fair. A, like a one deep and maybe a one and a half deep, but we just don't have a two deep right now. And is when guys get wear and tear through the season in the Big 12, it's just going to be different. So yeah. I'm that's the only thing I definitely have a concern about. But um, I do want to move on to another one real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, our guy Wheeler Renfro at underscore the wheel deal. I think we're ready in the trenches. We're worried about second secondary and skill positions on offense. And this leads me to bring up Justin. There is one receiver who played in the bowl game and came back this year. Our man, Chris Scott, shout out to Chris. <laughs> There's a lot of turnover there. Um, there was talk <laughs> that even we lost another one in training camp, although that has not really been followed up as of yet. Um, but Justin, I think that is something else to worry about too. Just the, the lack of depth in the offensive side on the wide out position. This whole season is question marks. We have nothing to really give like, yeah, this is conclusive evidence that says this is how this will be. It is a very confusing time to be a Bearcat without having those specific answers that we're going to get right out the gate um, in, in coming through the off season. Because again, these guys, we don't know. We know some of these guys, but you, you look at a guy like, um, I can never say it right. It's Mateer, Mateer, Shimon Mateer, yeah, Mateer. Yes, like yeah. you can hope that for you know for that skill position there, like you can hope that he'll be able to scale up. You can hope that he'll be able to you know work it a bit to where he can sort of jump in the place of a Lenny Taylor of a Josh Wiley. But you don't know. You don't know. You would expect that that could be a possibility, but when it gets to the wide receivers, like we're banking on the production that they had before and we're banking on them getting better than they were the year before that. So it's again, like I think all those concerns are definitely valid. Yeah. I, and we do have a deep receiver room. It's a lot of transfers. You know, you got 
Xavier Henderson, Ollie, Donovan Ollie, Aaron Turner. There are definitely some guys within that room. But again, it's just the lack of depth, the amount of guys that transferred out. I'm not I'm really trying not to be negative, folks, but just like <laughs> I listen to obviously a lot of I'm a college football junkie, listen to a lot of college football podcasts. And I just people keep telling me these things and I'm like, damn, did I really just overestimate us us this year? So, you know, I'm trying to go in with the mindset of under promise and over deliver. I don't really want to say that we're going to win a bunch of games this year. Cause I, there's obviously concern there. Unlike yeah. our guy, UCF Mike from sons of UCF. Who's like, if we are losing record in conference, I will be upset. Um, yeah. I'm not the same way. Um, one more, Justin, that I do want to read um, from left Jocelyn at Jeff man, 24, 21. I'm worried about production. We have talent all over, but last year we had a coach who wasn't all in on the team. Lots of players gone, completely new staff. Not to mention tougher conference. I think they'll improve after a few games, but I'm definitely nervous. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> we feel you, man. It's it's definitely like a it's it's a tough time to really be able to evaluate where we sit and where we you know even going forward. You know, you look at some of the um, you know so far what we've got for the 2024 class. You don't know exactly how you're going to shake out. You can expect that some of the rest of the Big 12 recruiting is going to start to catch up, start to lap you. And so you really have to look at this season as, I don't even know if it's going to be the proving ground. I think this season is just going to be your litmus test. Like It's just going to be like, how up to speed are we? And then next season is really where we get to start to ask the question of, all right, what can we do to be up to speed if we're not? And, and so I don't think that you're going to be able to change much this season, even after the first few games. I think it is just going to be a trial by fire situation. And your production offensively, I mean, it's, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I personally am on the optimist side of the, the offensive side of the ball because I think since there is so much that's kind of like iffy there. I think that also in a way is an advantage because a lot of teams, you know, don't have the four years of tape to scout of, you know, Tyler Scott playing as a Cincinnati Bearcat. Now they have to figure out this guy that has basically no tape on him except for the teams that he was in prior. Now he's in a completely different offensive scheme. So you have, you have a bit of an advantage going into that, you know, throughout the season, but as things start to kick up, I think it is going to be interesting to see, you know, how our offense shakes out in this new system. And if, you know, if they run into a team with no defense, are they going to be shooting themselves in the foot? Are they going to be the problem or is it going to be good defenses that shut down a questionable offense coming from the Bearcats? So. Yeah. Yeah. And then Justin, real quick, you did, you put out a poll. I got to put out some praise <laughs> on you right now. You put out a poll on Monday this week. Uh, let me read it off for the listeners. The Bearcats went 51 and 12, 809 winning percentage at home over the past 10 seasons. They went 33 and 5 in the Louisville era. They went 18 and 7 in the Tommy Tuberville era. The 2023 Nippert schedule, as we know, EKU, Miami, Ohio, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Baylor, UCF, Kansas. You asked the people, Justin. How will the Bearcats do at home in season one under Scott Satterfield? 62% of the people answered either five and two or four and three. So some people are probably sharing in our optimism a little bit. It is kind of nice that we do have the two locks. I mean, 
finger quotes box. I right, don't right, want right. any <laughs> Eastern Kentucky or Miami fans coming at me. It is nice that we have those two games at home. Um, yes. You know, keep that winning streak alive. But, I, you know, Philip mentioned it as well uh, in the replies there. Baylor and Oklahoma are the only ones he sees as losses. I'm not really as high on Baylor as he is. But th- there is some winnable games there. The Iowa State game becomes more winnable by the day as the selections right. come yeah. out for those, those players. <laughs> what, what did you think about that poll, Justin? I mean, I would definitely say, like, if I'm voting personally in that poll, I'm putting myself in the exact same spot. Um, I definitely, I will say there was an impressive amount of optimism in the near 20% of you that said seven and zero or six and one. I would love to feel like that, but personally, I do think we're just going to that, that talent skilling, I think is my biggest concern. If you're asking me the question that you put out today, Steve, the talent scaling is definitely the biggest concern. And, you know, I think when we get some of those home games, you can expect to probably beat, like you said, Iowa State, because I think it's just they're screwed, man. They're screwed. Like, I know you're going to you're going to be shaking up a couple few players, but the key players that are in there, it could really throw a wrench in the whole thing. And on top of that, who really has the confidence in Matt Campbell to turn this thing around and, you know, start winning those three point games that they had last year. I, I I mean, they had a lot of close games. I mean, they had, I think it was like seven games that ended within less than a touchdown. So like of those losses, there are a lot of possible wins there, but I think for the Bearcats, you got to put up a decent game. And I think you can beat Iowa state at home on homecoming. I, I really feel confident in that. And then beyond that you have EKU and Miami. I think those are very winnable. That's three out the gate you need one more to be in that four and three, five and two. And, you know, if you, if you can beat a downtrodden Kansas by the end of the year, if you can figure out a way to beat Baylor, who again, I too am not very high on, I do, I do respect Baylor. And I do think that they are going to do well this year, but I think that the Bearcats can slip one away from them too. And, and, you know, I mean, in all this world of question marks, it doesn't cost any money to be an optimist here. It doesn't cost any money to just to just feel good about the Bearcats, even if you aren't super confident outwardly. You know, sort of take the high road on it and be be a proud Bearcat fan and be proud to play in the Big Twelve and be happy that we're here and you know feel good until you have a reason not to. That's right, Justin. It's that SVP quote. You know, cost the same <laughs> to be positive as it is to be negative. So yep. I completely agree. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, like, as you said, we got nine days until the Bearcats kick off the season against Eastern Kentucky. And it's been too long. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So let, let's get it going. And next week is going to be another. I can't wait to just skip the week and just get to game week already. I know man. it's having week zero is going to feel so good because it's, it's just, it's going to be such, such a good feeling. I mean, we're kicking off with what Navy and Notre Dame. That's like the most you, you get the Marcus Freeman matchup with a classic Navy team. That's probably going to be no different in their triple option. And you're just going to expect this whole thing to be a rock fight. And that's what you get. You get like a Notre Dame's good enough to not be a sickos game, but. I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit more interesting than that. Take the under, kids. Take the under, yes. If there's anything to learn from this podcast today that you're not going to be learning from our friends, Tortillas and Takes, we'll be on here in just a minute. Always bet the under 
in any game where the troops are playing. It's just, it's yeah. easy. Yeah. It's so easy. I don't know the numbers, but I, I can basically, it's free money. It's a free win. So with that said, the last thing that I do want to push here before we head out again, Viva La Cats truck stop, pick them, pool, working name at the moment is going to be Viva La Cats Big 12 pick them pool. That's what Viva La Cats Big 12 pick them pool. That's what we're rolling with. And that is something that we would like you to join and be active in throughout the season. It is a very easy way to keep you guys engaged. And it's a very easy way to keep track of the Big 12. And what better than to say, oh, yeah. I know the spreads for this week when you can talk at the water cooler at work about the big 12, because you're happy to be in it. And who knows, maybe you could end up winning every single week and you could just be the, the, the prized fan at the end. Uh, and we will uh, reward you accordingly. We, like I said, we're thinking about maybe some skyline chili. Maybe it's some gift cards. Maybe it's some merch. Maybe you get something from us over here at Viva the cats. Who knows? But you will get some cool prizes, and we will make sure that it happens. So with that said, make sure to run over to Run Your Pool. Join our league and stay active in it throughout the season. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we hope to make it something that is low risk but competitive. So we're looking forward to that. Um, <clears throat> with all of that said, if you're not already, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, which actually I just found out more of you listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, which is surprising to me as a uh, tried and true Spotify user. Regardless, make sure to follow us on all those platforms. Make sure to engage with us as much as you can. Um, we're going to try to put out a lot more polls and put out a lot more open-ended questions this season that we would love to answer on our live shows for you guys. So please do check that out and be ready for that college football season. Because remember, once the Bearcats play after those games, we're going to be online and we're going to be talking about it live on X now spaces. Uh, be ready for those zeets. Can we do something about that name? I, I, I'm not going to call it. Can I call it eggs? No, 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 we can't call it eggs. We're not going to do anything that relates to that shithole over in Norwood. It is going to be Twitter and we're just not going to adopt a new name. How about we say that yep. live on air right now for the entire rest of the season? You guys know what we're talking about. Nobody's calling it X. It's just going to be called Twitter and that's how it's going to be. So I agree. Let's keep it Real that quick, way. Before we close, uh, shout out to women's soccer starting their home season this weekend, as well as the women's volleyball team started both of them starting their home seasons this week. Go out there. If you get a chance, go support our Bearcats as they enter big 12 play in every sport, not just football, basketball, baseball, be out there, be supportive. Go Bearcats. Speaking of being supportive, uh, FC Cincinnati apparently tied the game. Uh, <laughs> Kubo had a goal at 114, and they're going live to penalties. So, Will they win? You guys will probably know the answer by tomorrow, but we don't right now. So we're going to keep it interesting and on an open end. So again, enjoy this episode, the rest of it with tortillas and takes uh, good guys from Texas tech. It'll be a lot of fun. Another 10, 12 network rep there. So thank you guys for listening this week. It's been a pleasure talking to you. We're ready for football season, baby. Go Bearcats. Go Bearcats. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome back to, I guess, the fourth stop now of our Big 12 Truck Stop Trail. Uh, This week's guests are from Tortillas and Takes, a podcast covering Texas Tech athletics uh, and covering everything basically throughout all of West Texas. Uh, These guys are great, and we're very excited to have them on. So without further ado, I'm going to let them introduce themselves, give them their ats, give out their, uh, um, you know, Twitter, other handles, and then we'll go ahead and get started. So what's going on, everyone? This is Albie Shore, um, at Mr. Underscore Albie Shore on Twitter um, and, and all various, you know, IG, X, threads, uh, blue sky, spill, <laughs> all that, all that stuff. I'm all there. Um, we're also tortillas and takes letter N because uh, uh, the app formerly known as Twitter that likes cap or character restraints on your oh, at yeah. names so tortillas and takes but follow us on there follow us on tw- on instagram things of like that i'll let my co-host introduce himself there but uh uh but yeah that's me so that's your boy albie it's your boy albie and this is the people's champ that is jeremy gillen um you can find me on twitter at jeremy tweets and it's not the regular spelling of jeremy because my mother hated me it's j-e-r-a-m-e-y <laughs> um but that's at least my worries as a Texas Tech fan. So I guess we'll get we'll get into that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, boys. We appreciate you having us on. Uh, we have some red and black uh, brothers and a couple. We used to be Under Armour. You guys are still carrying the Under Armour flag. So there's a few similarities there. But um, first off, I wanted to extend a peace offering because our friends down at Central Florida, I, they came in a little bit hot when they were joining the conference. So we wanted to ask you, what are some things to do in Lubbock when the Bearcats eventually will visit? Uh, we are excited about going, uh, unlike them. Uh, That's the reason why okay, no, the, the reason why the reason why y'all are a little bit more uh, tenuous about going is because like Kentucky is like just south of Cincinnati, so y'all are like, well, we know what like <laughs> you're used to things that maybe aren't as great. You just drive like thirty minutes down south, and you're like, all right, we're cool. Okay, <laughs> so. 
But uh, no, I mean, Lubbock, Lubbock really does get a bad rap, right? Now, I say that as somebody like, I would say, a good 60, 70% of Texas Tech grads that go to school in, in Lubbock for four years and then get the hell out of Dodge immediately afterwards. But um, Lubbock does get a bad rap because it really is like an incredible four, five, six, seven, eight years of your college life, depending on how long you're staying, right? So if you're between the ages of like, one of the best places you could possibly be at, right? You have a, a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of growing growing up, but because you can't go anywhere, right? Because you, you can't really like the Dallas is five hours, five six hours away. Right. New uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico is a good five six hours away. Like Oklahoma City is a good six seven hours away. But you can't go anywhere, so you learn to have fun yourself. And with that, there are things there. Like there's a bunch of bars, a bunch of delicious food in yeah. Lubbock. Like some of the best barbecue, some of the best steakhouses in the entire state. Right. So if you love steak, love it's your spot. And so there's a lot of like great and fun things to do. That right. being said, like I said, a good 60 to 70 percent of people leave the second they get the degree. I'm one of them. Yeah. I love I love I've been I've been back to Lubbock a handful of times that not involving a football game since I graduated. Um, you know, I just went went back went out to Dallas, what most people do. So I'm not sitting here acting like it's Vegas, but it is it right. does get a bad rep if you're between the ages of 18 to 25. Or if you're Jeremy, who says this is home from here on out. <laughs> hey, hold on now. So Albert and I are both from Houston. So Lubbock gets its bad rep from people who are from big cities are like, there's nothing to do. So let it be <laughs> let it be known that like if we can both get through the four, five, six, seven years that we spend in Lubbock for our degrees, like it's a good place. It's a, it's it's an excellent place, and the best way to describe it that it's very easy in Lubbock. Like it's easy to be in Lubbock. And so that's why a lot of people, um, when they graduate, they get out, right? Because if you stay a little bit, you're going to want to stay a long time. Right. So I've had the joy of just getting to see Lubbock kind of continue to grow up with more delicious food places, you know, with a really cool like food truck culture that's exploding right now. Um, kind of the arts district is exploding. Uh, they're really doing that. You know, we have a minor league uh, soccer team now. Like they're really doing, the city of Lubbock is doing the most it can to make this a semi-destination spot. You know, we're really planning on the, what is it, the... Um, the global warming crisis. So when the ocean sinks up, like comes up, <laughs> we will be beachfront property. So we're preparing for that. That's what's really going on. <laughs> well, also I will say this about Lubbock too. It's, it's, a, it's a true college town. Like that's the thing also is that like, like no offense to Cincinnati, but Cincinnati's a city, right? It's yeah. not a college town. It's a Cincinnati, it's a city. And yeah. so when it comes to like the best college towns in the country, like I'm never putting Cincinnati or Orlando or Houston or Austin right. in that list, right? Like those are not real college towns. I know for me, when I was 17, I wanted to go to a college town, right? Mm -hmm. And so my, 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 I, I'm real transparent, my top three schools when I was looking at schools were Texas Tech, Baylor, LSU. Like those are my three, all in college towns, Lubbock, mm -hmm. Waco, and Baton Rouge. And I don't want to talk about LSU too much, but like Baylor, what's funny thing about, to me about Baylor, which I do think Waco is the worst college town in the Big 12. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's absolutely terrible. And But Baylor fans, a lot of Baylor fans think Lubbock is the worst. And the reason why almost every Baylor fan will say Lubbock is the worst is because you cannot leave Lubbock to go somewhere because everybody in Waco, their biggest claim to fame is, well, Dallas is only an hour and a half away. That means your college town sucks. If you're the, yeah. the best thing about your town is that it's not too far from a <laughs> town you actually want to go to. That means it's terrible because Waco sucks. And that's, like, that's what I always say is Lubbock by itself, Lubbock is up there with the best one when it comes to college towns. Right. The main reason why people dog on Lubbock is because of how far it is 
from a Dallas or Oklahoma City or Albuquerque, but not the actual town itself. Right. Bring the actual, like, it's not like Tuscaloosa is this haven of <laughs> <laughs> big city lore. Yeah, they were right. cranking out national championships. Like Athens, Georgia isn't great. Right. But like, they, you know, so like whenever somebody's like, oh, well, you know, Lubbock's the reason why recruiting is the way it is. Like, no, it's not. Yeah. If, you know, like that's not, that's just not a, not a thing. Right. Like College Station is, is 45 minutes from Houston. Nobody from College State, or not at four, about an hour and a half from Houston. Nobody from College Station goes down to Houston. Just no football player is spending their Friday nights in Houston. They're right. exhausted. <laughs> They're turning up in, yeah. in, in Brian. Yeah. Brian. <laughs> And that's it. Like that's the extent of it, right? right? So that's the thing. That's that's my whole argument of like when it comes to just the town itself, Lubbock's incredible. It's the reason why do- Lubbock gets dogged on is because it's so far from other desirable cities. Well, and that's definitely understandable too. Like I think you, I think you guys being there like can understand that slight too, to a degree. But at the same point, I do like your your point of view on that because, especially the point about like towns college towns being closer to other bigger cities uh you know we in cincinnati know very well that uh oxford is just up the road for miami and you know all of those kids you know whether they go out or not in oxford they all end up downtown cincy on the weekends they all end up going out to the bigger part of town so uh you know when you can get out of town that doesn't make you a good game uh good Name to claim. But speaking of namesakes, I did have uh, we've got a question here for you guys. Your namesake tortillas. Uh, We need to know a little bit more about the tortillas. Uh, You guys touched on some of the great food that's around Lubbock. Uh, So what is your favorite tortilla based meal? Our preference would be the Cholito. If you guys are not familiar, a Cholito is made by Skyline. It's got the chili cheese or it's got the chili in it. It's got the cheese in it. It's got some other mix-ins depending on how you decide to do it, but it's great. And so what is your favorite chili, not chili-based, tortilla-based meal? I was going to say, what a what a uh, abomination. It just like in our <laughs> culinary understanding, it's like, why the hell would you throw all of that stuff on a tortilla? <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to steal this one. Sorry, Albie. Uh, fajitas are my favorite tortilla-based meal because fajitas are from the great city of Houston from a place called Ninfas. It was one of the best places eating growing up. The invention that came from there. So I'm a fajita guy. It is flour tortillas on the fajita, just too much meat for corn to handle. So, Albie, I'm going to give it to you. I love me a good enchilada. Dude, I love (laughs) me some good enchiladas. I will say, uh, honorable mention, though, and not enough people, two honorable mentions, actually, um uh one is a chilaquiles delicious brunch food which is just like these little strips of tortillas that are kind of pushed in a dish with with uh, eggs and and you know ton of cheese whatever you yeah. <laughs> plenty of cheese we're very but, familiar with a ton of cheese a yeah, mound yeah. of it i'm sure you guys Chila, have seen chilaquiles <laughs> are absolutely uh fantastic and then a chalupa now chalupas can get very messy right yeah. chalupas can get very messy but like it's a commitment that, it's it's a you, just, you just go all in it into it but enchiladas man like they're really the best of both worlds you want a taco but you want a little bit bigger you don't want <laughs> yeah. a burrito yeah you can smother some on top of it next to it you can put it on a hot like enchiladas are just absolutely fantastic love me some enchiladas love enchiladas i agree uh i'm currently in uh scottsdale arizona which we are uh affinity to the breakfast burrito uh obviously <laughs> probably not the same as you know uh, texas tex-mex but we got some good stuff here um 
Speaking of, you know, obviously, you know, recently with the additions of nearby Arizona State, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, we're going to bring the league now to 16 teams after uh, TU and uh, UT and OU depart. I, I did like that clip uh, we're recording today. Your mark was in Lubbock yeah. uh, and telling <laughs> Joey McGuire to. That was awesome. Horn, uh, Dustin, <laughs> should we just do it? Just no, do honestly. it. Everybody do it. Come on, guys. <laughs> honestly, like, it's Horns never down. Been. It's always been. There we go. You know. <laughs> but my question is, I'm just curious, uh, what is Texas Tech's ceiling in this new Big 12? Uh, you know, obviously, great football year last year. Basketball has been pretty dang good. Obviously, we'll see what Grant McCaslin can do as he develops and gets more guys on the roster. But what – I feel like Texas Tech can really be one of those teams that can be at or near the top of the big, the new Big 12. You're talking about across the board in all sports? I but Whatever you want to do. I football, will say whatever, yeah. I've never seen a greater commitment for success uh, through the athletic department in since being a fan like they're i mean don't get me wrong everybody always wants to win right but like it's it's always a cost benefit analysis of like uh, well, how much money are we willing to spend to get this much you know stuff like that i've never seen a bigger commitment because i think one of the things the difference is there is we've tasted a little bit of what success is and across the board right like mm-hmm. on the football side we had the late years we know what the late years were like because even the dice mm-hmm. years in the 90s and the 80s were good but they weren't great leech years oh wait you know, we, we tasted what true, like, national champion contending was like, right? And then in basketball, you go to the national championship game, and during the beard years, we're tasting that's what real success is like. Tadlock has taken us to the College World Series a few times. You taste that. Janine Becky on the soccer side, she just won an Olympic gold medal with Canada, and that team was really good when she was in town. You saw what that was like. So you're, we're tasting women's basketball teams won a national championship. The track teams won a national championship. So you've tasted what true success is like in all these sports, and you're like, we want to get back to that no matter what. Not to mention the two teams that were, were had the money and had the funds to be able to really outspend you in every single way are now gone. So you look across the landscape and you're like, there's nobody here that can out that we have no shot at outspending. There's nobody here that we 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 we're in the talent rich state. There's nobody if we have the right pieces in the right places. We can win in almost every state. There's nothing stopping us from being, or in, in every sport, nothing really stopping us. So you start really with football. That's the moneymaker. And so now you finally have, the first time really since Leach, you have a coach you believe in. You have a coach that you feel mm-hmm. like can take you to that next level, can actually recruit that talent-rich state, because really none of the coaches, except for maybe Tuberville, was able to recruit Texas. Kingsbury definitely wasn't. Wells wasn't. So you have a coach that's able and willing to do that. Basketball side, you've tasted it with beer. Adams didn't work out, but you again, you kind of hire a guy that I, I know a lot of people in house think McCaslin reminds them of McGuire, and so you have a guy you're trying to trying to strike that lightning in a bottle. Once McCaslin actually been successful in Texas at UNT already at North Texas already, so you have that. Tadlock's already a guy; he's still here. So, but it's just you you finally across the board say, okay, well, Oklahoma, Texas are gone. And though, yeah, we have these other teams that have the commitment and, and are going to also put up the money like Oklahoma State, like Arizona, Arizona, um, that are going to actually go out and, and, and UCF, going to put the money up to compete, nobody's going to outspend you. Like, like I think one misconception about Texas Tech is that we're this just poor little school out in Lubbock. <laughs> like, I hate to bring it to a lot of people, like, West Texas is full of oil money. We have big money boosters. Like, we God, have yeah. – like, 
a gang of millionaires with like money burning a hole in their pockets that just want to spend it. You guys right? don't need and the so, Saudi bailout. <laughs> no, like that's we, we we don't need like the you know, funny thing about the SMU doctor came out some time ago. Like I wasn't upset that SM that SMU 30 for 30. I wasn't upset that SMU did that. I was more upset that our Texas tech boosters weren't cheating at that same level. Like I'm like, we don't cheat. Listen, I'm an Astros fan. If you want to cheat, cheat all the way. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> gotta do it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Especially you know now when there's no holds barred. You just yeah, it, absolutely. And so yeah. that's that so yeah, that's the thing that Jeremy, I'll let you. Yeah, just to hammer it home here, like our athletic uh, director, Kirby Hocutt, he is business first. Like for him, he's not a Texas Tech alum. So for him, it it, it came in. He's like, I'm going to do everything I can with this university from a business perspective. And like uh, the issues that he's had that we talked about on our podcast across the years that he's been here, um, they get eclipsed a lot um, for better or worse with the monumental achievements that he has made. Texas Tech money and getting Texas Tech in position. And for what position? We weren't sure until this whole realignment thing became a reality. Now, when you have UT and OU, which have been like pressing the Big 12 under their thumb, they thought, hey, haha, your, your conference is crap now that we're leaving. Sucks to be you. You get a guy like Brett Yormark coming in and says, not a problem. I'm going to go grab everybody else that I feel like can make this a competitive league and not just this sec where we pretend it's tough from top to bottom but you know texas tech has beaten two of them back-to-back years um <laughs> you pretend like it's really really big and tough league but it's like two or three real competitors the big 12 the new big 12 is going to be fun and so kirby hokut wants to set up texas tech where we are kind of give it a launching point to become that new like powerhouse in the big 12 the team that you have to beat if you want to get the conference championship like that's where our mindset is as a university and, and real quick to just jump on that, I think not just I think it's everybody's mindset, right? Like I feel like Oklahoma State, Baylor, um, you know, uh, K State, like I think every, TCU. It's a it's a hungry, hungry hippo it's, situation. It's a mad dash. Like I think everybody sure. realizes that Oklahoma and Texas are gone, and and I don't know if I sell the freshman four feel this way, but like I, I think everybody else like with those two gone, somebody's going to replace them, or at least a gang of them. I don't think there's going to be one team that's going to replace Oklahoma as the big dog in the conference, but there will be a gang of teams. Like if you look at the, and if that's like that in every conference, I like can look at the sec. It's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's LSU. Right. Um, that are at the top of that conference, big 10, it's Ohio state, Michigan, even the pack to what's what's left of the pack 12 before that crumbled. It was USC, Oregon. Right. Right. And so like now there's this dash of, we don't know who the top dog is going to be. Yeah. TCU took the, the first swing. Like TCU went to the national championship game last year. They were the first ones um, to really take that first swing of saying we're here. And so who is going to join TCU at this point, TCU is there. Who's going to join them at the top, right? Will TCU fall off? Who's going to continue? And as we look, one thing I've been doing, I'm not a huge recruiting ranking guy, but I think as of right now, that's just the biggest teller of what the new conference is going to be like. And it is good to see that Texas Tech starts off with an eight win season. This year, they're, they're already kind of viewed as a top five team in the conference to start the preseason. And then and if you look at the recruiting rankings, we're in, right now sitting – either first and second in the conference for most recruiting rankings for 2024. Um, and then we're also in the, in the hunt for a lot of big names for 2025. And that puts us in a good spot there. Yeah. I mean, and you made a great point there too, about just how a lot of other conferences are very top heavy. Um, even where we just came from in the American, that is a very top heavy conference. Um, and similarly, you know, to the big 12, they're also going to feel that this year uh, when it's going to be, 
you know, no bars held. We're just going to start throwing punches and see who ends up last man standing. Um, and I think it's really, you know, a, a cool perspective for us being one of the new teams is maybe it's not a cool thing. Maybe it's more just stressful than anything is we have zero fucking clue where we're going to be. We have no idea where we are going to end up in this conference at the end of the season, because we have a brand new coach. We have a okay, decent amount of returning players from our starting lines, but ultimately it is just a total toss up. And so, you know, for us looking forward to the future, it's kind of like, that is the bell mark because this year it's just going to be, you know, anybody's game. Like, and we, we don't know where we fit into that. And of course, a lot of the media polls have definitely downplayed Cincinnati. Steve knows this just as much. Like we have been crapped upon by every single media outlet because the situation is understandable. You have a new coach coming in. They don't expect you to do well. And then on top of that, you have to scale up to an even higher level of talent than you're used to playing year in and year out. But I also think that there is a wide open door, not only this year, but next year. And I, I don't know. Personally, I think Texas and Oklahoma would be motivated to actually perform well this year. So it's not like, a, oh, yeah, get out the door and kick you in the ass on your way out. And, they, you know, they want to go out as the top dog. But realistically, as we've said on multiple other you know episodes, there's nothing there to prove to me that that is going to be different this year than it was last year. And so for you guys too, being at, you know, I think you were number four in the media poll. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of validity to some of these other teams starting to clog up the top of that ranking. And it's going to be, you know, a dogfight in the middle of the conference. So, so with that said, well, to your point about Texas yeah. Oklahoma. So last year we had, a um, another person from, uh, from Cincinnati media, uh, for the Bearcat journal, he joined us and and it wasn't just him. We actually talked to everybody from um, uh, the freshman four coming in as far as how they felt going in, right? And so Cincinnati, Houston, and uh, UCF, three schools. I remember all three of y'all, I remember this, like, all three of y'all were like, we got to leave a AC on a high so we can yep. jump into the Big 12 on a high. And I think that's, I agree with you and the Texas and Oklahoma are, are feeling the same way, especially for Texas. This is the best team they've had since 09. And I, I've said it a few times, i said it, to uh, the tech, to uh, um, the Longhorn Public Podcast, uh, that this is the best team they've had since 09. So for them, they're like, "This is it. We, if we can't win the Big 12 <laughs> this year, we're not ready for the SEC, right?" And so, and for Oklahoma, they're also like, "Man, we've had the worst year we've had in over a decade. If we don't improve this year in the Big 12, we're not ready for the SEC." And so, it's kind of that same thought there. Yeah, um, and that's you know, kind of one of those things where I think you know, for you guys, I'm really curious to see how that turns out as a team that is hot right now and a team that is able to sort of like take those reins because you can imagine TCU, Kansas state, they lose a decent amount of players. And so you're not sure what their return, you know, their ROI is going to be from last year going into this year. Whereas I think you guys return a decent amount and you're going to have a bit more of uh, an advantage going in. So if I could ask you this straight up, Cincinnati is at 13 in the poll. Texas Tech is at number four. We've got 14 teams this year. Where do you think Texas Tech and Cincinnati shake out at the end of the year? And then if you could give me a record for Texas Tech. Jeremy, you got it. 
<laughs> no, Albert, you 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 start this thing off, man. I love oh, I love man. your input because I know if I go first, you're just gonna flame me and then say the same. I'm thing. gonna flame you anyway. See, that's why he wants me to go first. He's gonna, he gonna jock off of what I'm about to say. Guys, I don't um, know why I keep doing this. Go ahead, Albert. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, you know, I like y'all. Y'all are very nice people. Um, you know, I re- I respect this podcast. I like this podcast. Justin, I like you. I like you, Stephen. Y'all are very. Um, I like Cincinnati. I've been through Cincinnati. This is a nice place. You, you, you can hit us with it. Just deliver the blow, man. Just hit us. Come on. Some wasting time, Albert. We're going to soften us up. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah, I think y'all are going to suck. I'm not going to lie to you. I think, think it's going to be a, a rough year for Cincinnati. I, and, it, and it's not necessarily like your fault. It's I and I, I'm very curious how you feel about Luke Fickle really kind of hanging Cincinnati out to dry before going to the Big 12. Because like that's the problem is is that like you know if you have the momentum of Luke Fickle, you're coming in, you have a nine-win season, which is not a championship season, but you're like, okay, we have where we're growing in this. And then he just ups and leaves and a lot of players leave with him or graduate out. And it's just it's tough. That's a rough way to end to it almost feels like you're limping into the Big 12, unfortunately. Um, and so I, uh, this team, you're, you're you're kind of returning one of the one of the the fewest. Um, you have the fewest returning players, some of the fewest returning players in the conference. I think this is going to be, you know, where I was talking about it before. I think in the Big 12 this year, we have an upper class of of five teams, a middle class of five teams, and a lower class of four teams. And unfortunately, I think Cincinnati is in that lower class. Um, I don't think they're going to go to a bowl game this year. I do have y'all at about, like, I think, four wins. Uh, Texas Tech side of it. And I, I mean this all nicely. Like, I, yeah. I truly do. Hey, man. We've I'm heard it plenty. Because <laughs> I, do, I do like Cincinnati as a program. I was I was all for you. I was really wanting y'all to, you know, do some things in the CFP. Like, I like all that. I love Sauce Gardner, all that stuff, right? Um, Dom Ritter, all that stuff. But uh, – or Derek Ritter, whatever. Uh, but um, so on the Texas Tech side, anyway – uh, we actually have momentum for the first time in what feels like, I was talking about 09 with Texas. This is probably the best, one of the best Texas Tech teams since that same year, since 2009 as well. And so I actually right now have Texas Tech at nine and three, which feels really weird to say. Um, <laughs> if anyone who's listening to Tortillas and Takes, you know that everybody a lot of times come in the season that's on a high, like Texas Tech's going to go seven, eight wins. And we're usually the one that's like, hold on, if we win six games, we'll be lucky. So <laughs> the fact that I'm looking at nine wins, this year, I don't think I've ever predicted anything higher than seven since I've been doing this. I've been doing this for a while. I, I think seven is the highest I've ever predicted for anything. I mean, even seven didn't feel right, but I, I have us at nine and three right now. Um, the Oregon game is going to mean a lot early in that early in the season um, to see where we're going to wind up. I mean, that game, that end-of-year game against Texas, that's going to be a tough one. It might be the winner of that game going to the Big 12 championship game. But I definitely think if Tyler Chuck stays healthy the whole year, which is a big if, this is a really good team. And here's the thing, even if Tyler Chuck goes down, I've made this declaration before, I think Baron Morton's the best backup quarterback in the conference. So I think Baron Morton can come in and slide right in, and we're still going to be humming. So, like, yeah, I think this is a 9-3 and team. Fair enough. I'll skip the pleasantries. Um <laughs> excited about the future of Cincinnati. You guys got totally boned and I will never be a Wisconsin. I will. Every time I see Wisconsin come up on TV, I'm just going to say boo um, <laughs> for y'all's sake. No. My so, man. I mean, you're learning, you're just, I mean, it's, it's a learning curve. You guys are going to learn what it means to be in the big 12. Not that it's some like superior, this, that, and the other, it's just different. And it's just going to be a different pace. It's going to look different. You know, um, a lot of teams that are coming into this are um, 
kind of experiencing a different pace of play and not just one week, but like every week, every week you're facing a quarterback who can run and gun on you. Every week you're facing a defense that's pretty terrible every week. You know, you're going to have a receiver break off 300 yards and you have to be okay with that. You gotta be okay with that. It's the big 12. <laughs> um, so I do have you guys kind of in that bottom four that Albie's talking about in the bottom four though. I'm I'm on talent alone and just kind of sheer willpower. I think you guys will shake up to be the top of that, which is not kind of a, it's not a compliment at all. But with the other three teams that we're talking about, like you guys aren't that bad. <laughs> so, um, well, at least just, you don't have like half your team gambling for you to lose. So that's that if you can just helps. take a hint of who that is. So <laughs> let me just let me just give you guys some like advanced uh, storylines here that I went and did, I, I've kind of dug up just for this sake, you know. 1954 is the last time that Texas Tech football won an outright conference championship. You know, we were three zero and one tie to win the border conference back in 54 when you played only a couple of games a year. Um, we have shared, I think, two Southwest conference titles. Uh, the only three teams that we've not played for a big 12 championship is Kansas, West Virginia and Texas Tech. Um, Texas Tech has had only nine winning big 12 seasons in 27 years of being in the league so far. Sucks. So not a lot of energy and momentum coming in. Of course, we've had a, a, a historically herocious, herocious, herocious. I'm just blending a lot of terrible <laughs> words together. The worst defense ever to walk the earth for college football. Um, it's been Texas Tech for a number of years. It's just not been an ideal football program. And there's like these delusions of grandeur that come from like 2008. And we made Texas miss out on the whatever BCS. But the reality is, is that it's just not been good. Now, you have Coach McGuire coming who has no head coaching experience outside of high school. How could he ever? How could this guy ever, you know, coach at a Division I college, blah, blah, blah. But McGuire took all of that, absorbed it into his incredible, like, ball of energy that he is. And in his first year, he pulls off the first winning conference season since 2009. He's the first time that we beat Texas and Oklahoma back-to-back or in the same season since 2009. It's the first time that we finished the season with three victories in the, to end the season in a bowl game victory since 1995. We have one of the best recruiting classes that we've had in a long time. You have a lot of momentum. You've got hundreds uh, – you've got like um, – uh, not hundreds, tens of millions of dollars being poured into the program. There is so much momentum for Texas Tech right now that the iron is as hot as it's probably going to be in the next five years with all the returners that we have coming back with just all the storylines that are going on. Um, If Texas tech is going to make a run for the big 12 championship, it's this year or we'll see in like five years. (laughs) So for me, like I'm also on the nine and three train. I do think the big and 12, the big 12 is kind of shaken up into a really interesting season um, because we've had all these new teams coming in. Like we don't get to, uh, Oklahoma doesn't get to play us this this season, I should say, because, you know, now they're going to go up the SEC and we beat them last. And that's what matters. So, um, <laughs> you know, we hope to really that last game, that Texas game on the schedule is what everybody's looking at. Um, Albert and I have talked about it before, like, you know, that Oregon game is going to mean a lot, but we've shaken up the rest of the season, win or lose. That Texas game is going to either probably keep them from the Big 12 championship or get us into the Big 12 championship. And so there's a lot riding on this season for Texas Tech. I think we have the 17th toughest uh, strength of schedule this season. So it's a really big one for Texas Tech. And I think Coach McGuire is kind of ready to take that step forward. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, I want to have you um, round us off with our final question here and uh, send us off into the sun. We've got a few minutes left. So, well, uh, just because of that 
it's not really a question. It's more of a statement. <laughs> I am just glad that neither of us will ever have Tommy Tuberville uh, around <laughs> at all ever again. So um, I'm really, uh, I'm kind of sad that that guy's ever going to be associated with UC again, as I'm sure you guys are too. Um, but let's just be happy that um, we don't ever have to worry about him again. Uh, and I, I think we can all just bury the hatchet now between you, uh, your fan base and us, if there ever was one. And now we can just <laughs> sing Kumbaya on the big 12 together. Yeah. Unfortunately he's a U.S. Senator now. So he's going to deal with him somehow. So it's worse. Somehow uh, it got yeah. worse. Yeah. yeah. Somehow, yeah. somehow it's worse. Um, there was a little, for, not from us, but there was some Texas tech beef against them or like, like uh, a small little distaste for Cincinnati just because of how that whole thing went down. But um, I think that distaste quickly went from the University of Cincinnati to oh no, Tommy Tuberville is just a, a, a dick bag. Like that's really <laughs> yeah. <not>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. Like, it's just you know. I'll well, tell you um, this. I'll tell you this is a really quick and like a twenty second insight. I walked onto the team in two thousand eleven um, by the grace of Sonny Cumby. Tommy Tuberville had the hardest time remembering players' names. Like if you had a head yeah. coach who can't take the time to really remember players' names. I got like a tool bag, just total tool bag. Yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy's telling me he had trouble remembering his name. He was like, "Who's that? <laughs> Gilliland? Who's that? Uh, nobody? I can't not, read he's that. Not, he's not playing. <laughs> Get him out of here." Well, he's the only coach I've known that to put like the player's last name on the front of their helmet just so like he could understand <laughs> like who everybody was. So that's what I'm saying. Well, you would. Yeah, and if he kicked you off the team, he would have told you to go to hell and get a job. All right, Justin. I there it is. Well, there we go. <laughs> I was going to ask what your guys' favorite moment was, but I think that honestly just takes the cake. For those of you who aren't familiar, I'm sure you guys are very familiar with this clip at some point in time with your remembrance of Tommy Tummerville. His most famous line, perhaps of all time, but especially in Cincinnati circles, is go to hell, get a job, screaming that at a fan as he walks off. Um, and that was an incredible moment. So from the Texas tech side and the Cincinnati side, again, we can now come together and battle for, uh, dibs over red and black and hopefully maybe steal one from you guys eventually, but it won't be this year. year. We'll catch you guys on the flip side next year. Hopefully I'm hoping we get Texas tech scheduled would really be looking forward to that. Maybe in basketball, we can have that conversation later this season, but. Regardless, Bearcats and Texas Tech will not be meeting this year. So uh, it's good to have you guys on and get you guys set, um, you know, teach you a little bit about Cincinnati, learn a little bit about Texas Tech from you guys. And uh, we look forward to talking with you more and uh, having some good matchups here in the future. So thank you guys for coming on. We really appreciate it. Again, this is Tortillas and Takes, another member of the 1012 Network, uh, proud members of the 1012 Network. So again, thank you guys for coming on and uh we look forward to talking to you soon thanks for having us guys it's been great thanks for having us yeah it was good
Social Podcast Network.